0: not really an episode. Probably when the episode is an episode about another show. <laughs> now, while this episode that we're gonna do is is a Sophia's Choice episode, it is. It's an episode about an episode that's an episode about another show. Correct. And as you can tell from this uh, unusual opening, not our typical opening today, Brent will be gracing us with his uh, recap for season two, episode twenty-six, Empty Nest on Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. Exactly.
1: Um, now, the reason why I'm doing the episode recap is because, you know, it's just a special one year anniversary present to all of those loyal listeners out there who've been with us since week one.
0: Yeah, yeah. This this is our 52nd episode mm-hmm. overall. 51 actual episodes plus our uh, recap for season mm-hmm. one. Now, this isn't our final episode. This is the final episode for season two, but we'll, of course, have our recap next week. So definitely tune right. in again for that.
1: And subsequent weeks, theoretically. Yes, yes
0: certainly. Um, we, we don't plan to quit after two seasons, <laughs> so mm-hmm. we still have some ahead of us. But yeah, it's a, I don't know, kind of a big deal that we've made it through an entire year of mm-hmm. doing this show. Correct. Pretty cool.
1: And that's in your time. We've been recording these for three years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when we started recording these, Estelle Getty was still alive. She was. <laughs> so, but uh, with that, uh, as you've already heard, I'm Alan, joined by Brent. Hi. And Ski. Hello, hello. And uh, again, we're doing... Episode 26, the final episode of Season 2, Empty Nest. And with that, I'll turn it over to Brent for the recap. Um, do you have any viewer mail? Nothing new.
1: Nothing new since gotcha. last week. Okay. Something I have noticed since the last episode. Ski does not have a collar on his shirt. I do not. Yeah, Ski is a big fan of the Henley. Um <laughs> that, but, but I've is that never what seen it's called? One, I didn't know that. I've never seen one that unbuttons all the way down, though.
0: Oh, really? I, yeah. I, I think they were... Henleys in general were so popular thing back in the 90s mm-hmm. that I do think they made some uh, Let's skis just wearing uh,
2: the... throw this out This shirt is definitely from the 90s Oh yeah, a lot this of
0: skis is... wardrobe is uh, aged um, yes. to perfection This yes, was exactly. my
2: brother's back in high school Oh really? Yes. Is and your brother?
0: brother died 20 years ago 20 years ago no. <laughs> Is this the brother that took your thumb?
2: Yes, okay. yeah, he's not really dead. Okay, gotcha. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, yeah, he, he's alive and more or less well. Um, gotcha. More or
2: less, he's got five boys, so I mean that's that. Well, is
0: it's, that. A, it's a hefty Catholic family right there. Um, <laughs> Twelve thumbs right there. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of a lot of thumbs to to maim. But <laughs> exactly. as far as I know, all of his boys still have perfectly developed thumbs. Cool. So not he, for long. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. I'd like to think vengeance that, comes swift. No. I'd like to think Brian has mellowed in his. Uh, you know, adulthood. Well, I'm saying I'm really going to oh. <laughs>
2: <on rules. laughs>
0: so, so you're like, when I was a kid, I didn't have the means to get revenge, but now as an adult, <laughs> so a revenge is a dish Besker serves cold, yes. which
1: is a line from Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, which I think is Numi's, or it should be Numi's favorite Star Trek movie because yeah. Lord knows it's mine.
0: So is that is that a line originally from that? Is that where <laughs> that? Because I know it's a very you know famous saying. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of butchered it because I got a little mush-mouthed as yeah. I was trying to get through it, but um, yeah. no. I didn't realize that that's where it originated from. Yeah. No, I'm I he says it's very
2: cold in space, right?
0: Yeah. What?
2: Didn't he say something about it being very cold in space and revenge is a dispenser of cold?
0: I think it's just because he'd been you know, stuck on that planet for 40 years or something. Uh, I could be wrong. But, yeah, I assumed it was just that like the uh, it had been stewing for a long time yeah yeah because
1: um, in the original series is when he got stuck on the planet right and then wrath of khan is when they rescue him kind of not rescue it's a long story but yeah definitely <laughs> check out the movie yeah I, and I, the I, director's I, cut
0: so is the director's cut should you watch one and then the other or just watch the director's cut i would just watch the director's
1: cut um because it definitely um uh, <laughs> Like, if you just watch the regular one, mm. you're like, why does Scotty like that young man so much? Ah. Um, but if you watch the director's cut, it's like, oh, it's his nephew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so in the in the original, they didn't bother to mention that this uh, boy that he fancies <laughs> has a relation to him? Yeah. Just kind of
2: left it ambiguous.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess uh, I, I'll definitely have to, to check that out sometime soon.
1: It's amazingly good. Yeah. I hardly recommend it. Two, three, and four. Just you say hardly recommend it. Heartily oh. <laughs> recommend. It. So I, I felt like that exact
0: that. same thing happened earlier in this, uh, in our recordings, where the term heartily was used, and then
1: I've actually got it in my notes later. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh, very nice. Um, but anyway, um, no. Um, I think you and the kids. I think you would like two, three, and four. Just watch it as a little trilogy. Okay. So
0: do you think that one is at all required viewing?
1: No. Um, and like that's the joke about. So the first Star Trek movie was called Star Trek, the motion picture. Mm-hmm. But, you know, amongst the fans or whatever, it's called the motionless picture uh. because not a lot of shit happens in that one. <laughs> like I want to say like 40, I don't know, probably 40% of the movie is just like, um like just shots of the spaceship, like slow shots, like <laughs> going down the tail fin, <laughs> just stuff like that.
0: Now, do you feel like that... um Having some knowledge of Star Trek mm-hmm. is I don't know important in order to enjoy the movies. Uh, like no, if you go I, in completely cold, you're like, I don't even know who James T. Kirk is. Yeah. That you can still enjoy the the trilogy. Yeah, but, I think
1: you can go in cold and just like if Star Trek two is the first one you ever watch, you'll be
0: fine. You'll so be even though you don't know who Khan is or why he has wrath, they explain it well enough that yeah, you can you know exactly. catch right up.
1: The only thing that it might not mean as much to you. Is um, are we allowed to do spoilers for it? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, uh, I mean, it's
2: been out like, like thirty years. Yeah, 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 40
1: years? yeah. Um, so when Spock dies at the end, oh yeah, it probably wouldn't mean as much to you, mm, as okay, because if... you don't have any
0: emotional connection to him. Exactly. Yeah, You're... I knew that that was part of it, but yeah. And I'll make sure the kids don't listen to this podcast between exactly. now and whenever we get around to it. Choice. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but I'm trying to think like. I guess it is still at the end of the second one where you get sort of a hint that, oh, he might come back oh, or whatever. Okay. So they may go ahead and spoil it then. Yeah,
2: they do kind of yeah,
1: like um,
2: allude to a possibility at least.
1: Yeah, yeah. But no, I man, 2, 3, and 4 are really solid. So I'll definitely have to check it out. So And 3 is definitely the weakest of those, that little trilogy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's still a solid little bit of connective tissue between like two
0: awesome movies. Mm, okay. So. Now is one of those ones where they're trying to save the whales.
1: That's the fourth one.
0: Oh, okay. Yep, that's the big finale of the trilogy. Okay. So, and I want to
1: say like so those so two three four um all definitely like directly tie into one another, and then five also directly follows four like it's a continuation but it's not really like it's enough of a drop off that you know it's like okay well this then happens but. It doesn't really go anywhere.
0: Now, which one is the one where the next generation, the first next generation movie? Seven. That's the
1: seventh one where they show
0: up. Okay. I know that um, we, I may have talked about this on the podcast before. I don't really remember for sure. But one of Ski and I's favorite memories, (laughs) we went to see a, see Star Trek I don't know if it would have been seven or maybe it would have been eight.
2: Number wise, I don't remember, but it was first contact.
0: Okay, was, first contact. So whichever one that is. Okay, that's eight. Eight. Okay. Yeah. So we had gone to see uh, Star Trek A with, you know, our whole kind of friend group yeah. at the at the time, and uh, it required two cars. I think we had like maybe seven or eight yeah. of us all together. Yeah. And as we were coming back, we we're talking about in our car how, you know the paradoxes when it comes to time travel yeah you know and how and all that like how if you go back to change something won't be changed yeah you know all that philosophical discussion about it yeah Um, and in the other car apparently they were talking about uh, dogumens which (laughs) uh, yeah dogumens was a a race of people that they were discussing that made cars out of poop and sticks oh (laughs) okay so (laughs) that was (laughs) the different levels of conversation
2: james was explaining to danny why those why it wouldn't work oh okay yeah the, that's the whole right premise yeah. Of <laughs> documents existing that wasn't part of the discussion yeah. of, it was just the poop and that stick wasn't vehicles <laughs> yes.
0: so yeah that was a i don't know that was a fun memory related to that movie the so
1: the there's a slight chance i may have seen four at the movie theater um but i don't think that i did I'm ninety eight point nine percent sure the first one that I saw in the movie theater was six. Oh, okay. Which I absolutely loved, and I still I think that's part of why I love it so much. Um, But then I did not see any of the subsequent ones in the theater until um, they did the reboot. Oh, okay. Um, And then I saw all three of those, and then but since then I've seen one and two in the movie theater when they were re released for anniversaries. So three, four, five. So I've seen six of them in the theaters. Sounds too bad. At least maybe seven, but yeah. And you've seen all 13 of them though. Oh yeah. Yeah. I own them all and everything. And I've seen them all multiple times. Very nice. Good stuff. So anywho. So here to talk about empty nests, which Alan said, you know, episode 26, season two. Directed by Jay Sandrich, uh, who was one of Bill Cosby's enablers, <laughs> and then um, it was written by Susan Harris. And I was kind of tired, so I did not look into her oeuvre. So I'm sure she did something somewhere <laughs> along the line. Yeah, she had a couple of credits, but <laughs> <laughs> something. Yeah. So uh, original air date May 16th, 1987. So if you're a you're a history buff, you know that notable May 16ths include 1842 when the first major wagon train headed for the Pacific Northwest set out on the Oregon Trail from Elm Grove, Missouri. Oh, wow. So that's when it set out on
0: the Oregon Trail? Yep.
1: So 100 pioneers risked dying of dysentery that fateful day.
0: (laughs) I was wondering if dysentery would (laughs) come into the conversation.
1: Hashtag never forget. So uh, 1866, United States Congress established the nickel. Uh, rumor has it Charlie Nieland could squeeze one until the buffalo
2: pooped. <laughs> so we have heard, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: 1888, Nikola Tesla debuts a way to deliver electric power over long distances, and soon you would not do, need to be in the same town as an elephant when you electrocuted it. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was really one of the things that held back the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> that was my favorite line from that new Ghostbusters movie. Ah. The not. Uh, yeah, the new one, The new one's not come out yet. The Paul Rudd one, right? Right. Okay. Correct, yeah. The Lady Ghostbuster movie, Oh, okay. which I enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed um, it too. But that was my favorite line, the bit about the elephant electrocuted. Yeah. So anyways, 1912, a friend of the working man, Studs Terkel, was born.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, who is Studs Terkel?
1: Um, he wrote a book called Working. Oh, okay. um, He was a Chicago journalist, and I think he had a radio show, and his whole shtick was just talking to the working man mm-hmm. and how it sucks for them okay. and everything, so.
0: Oh I mean, with a name like Studs Turkle, how could you not be a success? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so happy birthday, Studs.
1: So did you have something? No.
2: No, no I was just <laughs> enjoying your story.
1: Okay. Uh nineteen nineteen, child piano prodigy, and later the highest paid entertainer in the world, Vladchu Valentino Liberace, mm. um, was born. So they called him Mr. Showmanship.
0: So is that is that the Liberace, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Liberace
2: was born uh, Vladzu. I, I had no w- idea. No idea that yeah. was his name. Yeah, yeah.
0: W L A D Z I U. So at one point he was the highest paid entertainer in the world. Yeah, in the seventies. Wow. So no that either. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty impressive. Know where he was born? Anybody takers? Uh, well, his Vlad name is Vladimir. Schu- I would guess Russia.
2: Mm-hmm. I was going to say Russia or Poland.
1: his parents were Russian and Polish whatever but he was born in Wisconsin Uh so anyways uh, 1929 the first Academy Awards ceremony took place and nobody listening has seen any of the nominated movies, nor heard of them. I, I looked up every single category, <laughs> and I had not heard of anybody remotely related to anything.
0: Yeah, I have this kind of, I don't know, retirement-type goal. Um, mm-hmm. I, I keep a keep track of all the nominated movies that yeah. I've seen. And uh-huh. yeah, I don't know. It, I feel like that if I get to that point, it's just going to be purely to complete a list, because yeah. um, it just seems like it would be such a slog. yeah.
1: Like, and it was one of those things like for like the best actress category, the uh, lady was nominated, but she was nominated for like three different movies. Oh. <laughs> like, like there were still like the five ladies nominated, but one lady had like three films listed and the other lady had two. So it's like your body of work for that year oh, is okay. not an individual performance.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Gosh,
1: maybe it's because they were just cranking them out. <laughs> right, yeah. Four or five movies. So I don't know. But yeah, it was it was just insane. So, anywho, 1944, America's sweetheart, Danny Trejo was born. So,
2: America's sweetheart—that's how yeah. I always view yeah.
1: him as well. Machete. Yeah. <laughs> 1944. Fucker's old. Yeah, yeah. I
2: don't know he's, <laughs> so he's yeah,
0: like 40, 80, yeah. almost. Yeah, he's
2: in really good shape. I mean, he's he's got a kind of gnarled face, but for yeah. that age, he's done some. Living. I mean, he had
0: a gnarled face like 20 years ago. Yeah, or more, <laughs> exactly. So. And he's still still pranking out. You know movies and whatnot yeah it's good for him 1946
1: robert fripp was born who's robert fripp he played guitar on brian eno's here come the warm jets album in 74 brian eno's another green world in 75 david bowie's heroes in 77 uh talking heads fear of music in 79 and then david bowie's scary monsters and super in 1980
0: until you uh got to that uh, to mentioning david bowie that first time i felt like there was a an episode of the simpsons where they go to australia Mm -hmm. and lisa sees a sign that says yahoo (laughs) film festival and she's like i know all those words but they don't make sense together and that's where i was at (laughs) until you got to david bowie (laughs) So, um, so
1: um other fun facts about robert Fripp: um his collaborations with brian eno inspired fish to write one of my favorite fish songs brian and robert but I'd like to point out that the version that I love the most is from Trey Anastasio's solo album, Trampled by Lambs and Pecked
0: by the Dove. Oh, okay. So. Thank goodness you pointed that out. I'd hate for our exactly. listeners to exactly. have the wrong idea. Okay. They
1: all knew. And I'm sure there's a good chance both of you have heard some Robert Fripp because he provided the instrumentation for Windows Vista. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. an awesome little side note. Yeah. yeah. So... Anyways, 1953, uh, star of the GoldenEye video game Pierce Brosnan was born. Hmm. So fifth official James Bond. He made um, So he was James Bond for seven years, mm-hmm. made four James Bond movies in seven years.
0: That's a pretty pretty good Craig, clip. Out, yeah. Exactly,
1: exactly. Daniel Craig's made, what, five and 15 or yeah, something, something like that?
0: that. Well, and I feel like the last two, it's been like, oh, I'm done. Well, yeah. Okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's enough money. I guess I'll go ahead and do one more. Exactly. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: anyways 1961 kid in the hall kevin mcdonald is born
2: i love that show
1: yeah me too
2: i think i remember watching it originally when it was out at your house alan
0: oh really yeah 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 I, I didn't I, have cable so mm-hmm. oh that's right yeah yeah kids in the hall was one that we didn't you know i think it was like any of those canadian shows where <laughs> you know we didn't get into a little after the fact yeah but yeah it was really a solid show yeah
1: do you guys watch superstore Yes. I've my never wife watched
2: this. Oh, okay. I've seen quite a few episodes of this really love funny. That
1: show. Um, so Mark McKinney. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I realized that it was him. Yeah, um, he plays it's, it takes place in like a Walmart type store. Um, uh, I
2: think he's my favorite character on yeah. there.
1: And so he plays the store manager Glenn and he's like this sort of fundamentalist Christian fuddy-duddy type guy like a Ned Flanders type or whatever. Oh, okay. And so for, like, the first season or two, he always mentions his um, off-screen wife, Jerusha, or whatever. And that was my hope, was that, you know, either Dave Foley or, you know, Kevin McDonald would play Jerusha yeah. when they finally showed <laughs> that her. Would have been awesome. <laughs> so, but they went with just, like, a normal, regular actress lady. So, <laughs> anywho. Uh, so, 1984, song and dance man Andy Kaufman faked his death. So, uh, my favorite little Andy Kaufman quote here. I am not a comic. I have never told a joke. The comedian's promise is that he will go out there and make you laugh with him. My only promise is that I will entertain you as best that
0: I can. So. Oh, very <laughs> nice. So would you describe yourself in that? Well, you make jokes, though. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell a joke, though. Like, I have, like, three jokes that I can tell. Okay. Actually, maybe two. I can tell two jokes. Well, I guess depending on what you consider telling a joke. Because, yeah. I mean, you can tell a funny story very well. And a lot of comedians yeah. nowadays, that's... That's you know, the joke, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, I would say that's very typical. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'd say that the... It's classic of joke-telling comedians <laughs> are are kind of a rare breed. I mean, yeah. you have a few here and there. Like John Mulaney can tell just a really good joke joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, uh, but some
2: of the funniest crap I've heard him say are stories.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mo- most of the best comedians... Carl, all his stories. Yeah.
2: Or, so, or observations. I would yeah.
0: say that if you were a, a man who was comfortable... Getting up in front of a crowd—you're mm-hmm. funny enough, dude. You could be a comedian yeah, with my two jokes. Yeah, well, <laughs> with your stories, maybe not with the jokes. <laughs> Those could be your segues from one yeah. story to the next. <laughs> so. Exactly. Um, yeah. So,
1: anyways, well, thank you for that. So, 1987, my then four-year-old wife skinned her knee. I assume
0: she cried, as little girls tend to do. So, what? so. Uh, so 1987, your then four. So your current wife, who was four years old in 1987, Correct. skinned her knee. Yes. How did that come up? Um, she asked me what I was doing,
1: and I was like researching May 16th, 1987. Ah. She's like, "Oh, that's the day I skinned my knee." Wow, she has
0: quite the memory, <laughs> or she had quite the skinned knee.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I was like, "Well, it's going in there." <laughs> so I suspect she was pulling my leg. Yeah, it's a
0: shame <laughs> she'll never even hear your reference to it. Exactly. But...
1: <laughs> so but yeah her quick wit got her uh, got her a mention here so <laughs> so and then in 1990 america suffered a double loss so labyrinth director jim henson died as did golden girls punchline
0: sammy davis jr yeah i mean i, I love labyrinth it's a great movie mm-hmm. um i do think it's odd to, <laughs> to to refer to jim henson as the director of that
1: well i was going to mention him as the director of um Emmett otter but i didn't want to get into a fist
0: fight with you <laughs> <All> right yeah <laughs> So, have you ever seen Emmett Otter's Jug, what is it, Jug Band Christmas? Yep. Okay, have you ever seen that? I have never heard it. Okay, it's... it's Not to it's my I am It's so amazingly good. It's a hey, Muppet... what's it called
2: again? Because you lost me. Emmett
0: Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Yes. It's a Muppet-type movie. I mean, it's, it doesn't have the Muppets, but it has Muppet-type characters in the it. same
2: kind of, like, yeah, yeah Sesame it, Street... Yeah, they're it, Muppets.
1: They're not just not from the Muppets, show yeah, Muppets. Muppets. And, yeah. and it's all the same performers from the Muppets. Sure. They're just playing different
0: characters than they normally play play yeah and it's brent's favorite christmas movie of all yeah. time and so um, and bad. i've watched it and i can't say that i agree um <laughs> yes. i'm not saying it's a terrible movie i've had this issue with brent's movie recommendations in the past but he when something's recommended so highly mm-hmm. then your, i go your, and I watch it's pretty exactly how yeah, my expectations are high and they <laughs> were not met um, like if yeah. i
2: came to you like oh alan phantom menace every bit <laughs> as good as you hoped right <laughs> yeah
0: um Oddly enough, I've seen Phantom Menace more in the theater than I think any other Star Wars movie, sadly I mean, enough. Yeah. It was a big to-do when it came out. Well, yeah, yeah. Good or not. I think I've was... seen it in the theater four times because um, I saw it. <laughs> I think I've seen it 12. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 okay, you've far exceeded me. Mine, yeah. Well, I saw it once, like I think on opening day yeah. or, you know, at least –
2: I, know I, saw I don't know, know if did, it was opening day because that yeah. was such a huge thing. Uh-huh.
0: Um, if it was opening day, it certainly wasn't the first showing yeah. of the day. Yeah. Um, but within the first couple of days. And then I saw it once with um, my sister, once uh-huh. with Sherry's siblings, uh-huh. and then once when it went to 3D. I may have seen it twice when it went to 3D because oh, I nice. might have taken the boys also. But uh, I saw it at least four times, maybe five. Gotcha. But not close to your record of 12. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. 12 times to see by far the worst Star Wars movie <laughs> uh, is, uh, I it was a big to-do. Yeah. So
1: I think, um, and I want to say um, Attack of the Clones, I think I saw that one like eight or nine times. I think I only saw it in the theater either one or two times. Yeah. So. And I remember, like, so I, I caught a midnight showing, and then I forget. So uh, with my then-current wife, we saw it at midnight at the same theater that I'd seen Return of the Jedi when I was a lad. And then I met a friend of mine to catch like a 6 a.m. showing or Mm -hmm. something at a different theater in Greenwood. Um, And we saw a showing from like 6 to 8.30. And then I met my dad to catch it at 10 o'clock. And then um, another friend of mine, we caught like a 2 o'clock show. So it was. So I saw it like five times that opening day with like five different people. You okay, know? gotcha. And then um, I saw it a couple more times. I went back, and then when it hit the, uh, you know, I think at the time it was like seventy-five cents or a dollar twenty-five or something like that. Okay. Um, I went like once a week um, for the first like two months. It was out.
0: Oh, okay. And so. I don't know. I just have to say that uh, you must have a real aversion to the term ex-wife because. Then current wife <laughs> <laughs> it is an odd is an odd way to like I once you said then current wife I kind of stopped uh, processing a lot of the other information <laughs> that you were saying because I was trying to break down that that phrase.
1: Exactly. I just didn't want to give the mistaken impression that she studied at Xavier School for the Gifted.
0: Ah, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm glad Next that's why I like it. Yeah. It's, Got to be clear, yeah. So, I mean, I guess you could say my ex wife yeah. so that people understand, yeah. but um, so, um, former they, wife, they just
2: think she's electronic, Alan. Oh, that's true, yeah. It's electronic but, and mutant, yeah. Mm. Well,
1: speaking of you know stuff that I highly recommend, um, but that doesn't really live up to the promise, mm-hmm. um, I had something similar happen this morning actually. Me and my youngest, who is six, you know, I told her, you know, we'd watch a Christmas movie together today, and But before we got to that, I was like, hey, let's watch this movie called Popeye. I think you'd really like it. And she's like, I don't want to watch it. And she just has an aversion to live action movies. Oh, okay. She just prefers cartoons. Yeah, Yeah. pretty typical. Yeah. Um, And I was like, well, let's just watch five minutes, okay? And so we put it on, and, like, the first, like, three, four seconds is, like, an old black and white Popeye cartoon. Mm. And she's like, has it been five minutes? And I was like, no, (laughs) just write it out until after the first song, at least, you know. And and Had had she
2: seen Popeye before? mm -mm, No, no frame of
1: reference or cartoon or anything. Okay. And so, you know, we get through the first song and everything, and I was like – I decided to take a different approach and I was like, wouldn't you love to live in a town where people are singing all the time they just break into song and she's like how would i get any sleep and i was like well they would only sing during the day you would still get your recommended eight hours and she's like i'd probably find that distracting
2: <laughs> that's a <laughs> mature answer though yeah
1: and so anyways i so we turned it off shortly thereafter and i was a little frustrated because mm. she just was not having it
0: and my wife's already gone on record that she is not watching that with me so i wow. been able to watch my new popeye blu-ray so. Well, I'm sorry that uh, it didn't work out, but I'm sure that at some point you'll be able to to get Cassie to give mm-hmm. it a fair shot. Yeah, I so, agree. So. Yeah, I don't know, Gwen. She's you know 13 now, but she has this tendency when it comes to new shows to start off. You know, with a real shitty attitude about it. Like I, when we watch Stranger Things, because we have like a little thing we've been doing for the last, I don't know, year or so mm-hmm. of, you know, at dinner time, we're not the sit around the table type. Mm-hmm. Um, but we decided, you know, we want to watch an episode of a show. And so we started that kind of, I don't know if you want to call it tradition or just, you know, um, family time. Yeah, exactly. So at least we were doing this one little family thing since yeah. we weren't going to probably ever read the type that sit around the table and yeah. eat our dinner. Mm-hmm. And when we started Stranger Things, like the first time we were watching it, like she had her back turned to the TV, she was uh-huh. just such a shithead about yeah. us. <laughs> and yeah. it took her, I don't know, about halfway through that episode, and me having to reprimand her, yeah. like, "Hey, listen." Kinda like,
2: I will not pr- participate.
0: Well, it wasn't even that. Then she was like playing with a noisy toy with the dog, <laughs> and I was like, "Listen, at the very least, you have to sit there quietly yeah. um, and be respectful to everyone else." Yeah. And it's rare that I have to reprimand her, yeah. but uh, she's actually a really well-behaved kid. Yeah. But, like I said, when she has something that we try to push her to do that she doesn't want to, she's yeah. very hard headed about it. Yeah. Um, sounds like that Cassie has a bit of that in her. She does. So. She does. So.
2: I know I'm not your daughter, but I totally plan to watch Popeye. It's so good. It's on my list. <laughs> well, you uh, give it at least
0: six minutes. Get I'll first. give it the whole thing. <laughs> Even if I don't so... like it
2: halfway through, I'm going to finish it up. <laughs> exactly that and Sophie's Choice is still on my list yeah we
0: definitely should watch that just for posterity's sake but. <laughs> I'm not watching that one with you <laughs> okay
2: but
1: Popeye and like I think Numi mentioned Harry Nielsen's soundtrack and mm. everything so oh yeah that's true
0: so. So. sorry but uh, yeah back over to you was there any more October or uh, May, May 16th, 16th.
1: Uh, not currently okay. uh, but we will again at the end
0: oh, Okay. so spoilers
2: look forward to it too. yeah
1: so act one scene one kitchen and living room uh, so the Goldens are living in filth because Mr. Fixit won't return to fix their dishwasher. Uh, they've not washed a dish by hand since Mr. Coco left.
0: Yeah, perhaps the craziest part of the entire episode is the fact that they've decided they're not going to wash a dish by <laughs> hand. It's four women of a certain age who mm-hmm. all would have grown up washing dishes by hand. Rose
2: even mentions that she loved washing dishes as a kid. Yeah, or not all... as a kid. She just mentioned before.
0: Yeah. And you'd have to think that by this time I mean the amount of dishes. Now granted you have yeah. four people eating, you know, potentially three meals on silverware since apparently yeah. they don't leave Plus Cheesecake plates. Right. <laughs> but yeah. uh, still looks like a month's worth of dishes are something does. around. But it just uh, I hope to,
2: I I'd like to think that they're stinky too. Yeah. Well you think yeah. like, yeah. like I mean, mildewy can, and
0: Yeah, well they can't be cooking anything either, because certainly <laughs> they wouldn't have had enough pots and pans and whatnot. <laughs> exactly. Um well they got enough
2: so. stuff hanging on the walls they can just oh, yeah. that's true. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they were having to use that—I uh, don't know—that dick boat that this um, <laughs> for wedding nights, <laughs> yeah, <so>. exactly. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> <laughs> forgot
2: about that (laughs) i love that so much (laughs) it wasn't a boat we suggested a boat
0: yeah because well initially it was just a plate right yeah yeah yeah. we were like gravy boat or whatever to you know (laughs) toss your (laughs) loin of pork on yeah (laughs) it's funny
1: so anywho um you know um so anyways, the Goldens then take out their frustration at having to do manual labor on Rose and her fondness for happy times. Right. Uh, the doorbell rings. They assume it's Mr. Fix-It, and they all go to the living room, and it's actually Rita Moreno. Um, she was the third EGOT ever.
0: You know yeah. what an EGOT is?
2: Isn't it someone who's won, like, Emmy, Grammy, uh, Oscar Tony? Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: yep. Do you know who the most recent EGOT is? I don't. And John Legend. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just recently joined the club. What movie was he in? Um, I'm sure it was for a soundtrack for a okay, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. I think that's what his Oscar was for. Yeah. And I imagine his Emmy as well was for you know. He's something.
2: famous enough he could probably be in a movie too. Oh, <laughs> I'm mean. sure. Well I yeah, think
0: he's been in some uh, musical movies like Jesus Christ Superstar or some such uh, <laughs> thing. But didn't know that. Yeah.
1: So yeah, at the time um you know, she was only the third egot ever. And at the time, you know, she was the only egot to appear in this episode. <laughs>
0: So. so was there an EGOT, another EGOT in the episode? Well, I mean, eventually Paul Dooley's going to get his. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so so, so close. Time. Yes, correct. <laughs> at
1: the time the episode aired and at the time that we record this episode, oh, okay. she I, is I the only I do only know that he's EGOT. been
2: nominated for several innings.
1: But um, by the time somebody listens to this, you know he may have achieved his yeah. EGOT.
0: <laughs> Fingers crossed. Exactly. Uh, hopefully justice for Paul. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: So, um, so, any do you guys know who the the first EGOT was?
0: No, who was the first?
1: It was um, Lorenzo Hart's co writer for "Isn't It Romantic." Richard Rodgers. Huh. Uh, you'll remember that this was before Richard <laughs> Rodgers partnered with Oscar <laughs> Hammerstein for Oklahoma, Carousel, South Pacific, and The King and I, and The Sound of Music. Did you say and that then, we would remember that? Fun I- fact: <laughs> Oscar Hammerstein was actually the president of the Dramatist Guild immediately after Moss Hart was. But again, we've not discussed Marshall in this episode. That is Only a fun Laurence fact. He who died on November 22nd, 1943, 20 years before the JFK assassination. Yeah. But I digress. <laughs> so. That's probably your best option. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, Rita wants to go shopping, but since it's pre-breakfast, it's too early for that nonsense. Uh, she offers them a meal instead. Uh, the Goldens, because of their fixed
0: income, changed the subject to Rita's unhappy home life. Yeah, they definitely painted at least initially as like a bigger. Not not that being lonely isn't a big issue. Yeah, but almost like he's abusive. Well, yeah, I mean, because they're like, have you talked to him about it yet? Um, I don't know. It sounds like there would be. Yeah, or like someone has cancer or something. Like it sounds like there's a bigger issue afoot than just I'm lonely because the kids moved out. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we find out that, you know, Rita's husband's too busy saving lives to take her shopping or to go out to eat, you know, which is why she's so suddenly so dependent on the Goldens. Yeah. And then just the Goldens point out that, you know, she's entering a new phase of her life, you know, one in which she can no longer spend time with her family, but it must instead befriend other old women who no no longer want to see their own children on a regular basis. Right.
2: An important phase. Yeah, yeah.
1: So they then get sidetracked by the problems in the Middle East. Uh, Rita and Rose take the pro-Israel position and want to evict the Palestinians and force them to move to Greenland. I'm sure Numi can weigh in on whether or not that's a good deal for the Palestinians.
0: Yeah, I thought that that exchange was kind of crazy, but also, (laughs) you know, at least somewhat humorous. Um, You want
2: to take a desert people and put them in the snow and ice? It's like, well, they can get coats or whatever. Um, Yeah.
1: So anyways after that, you know, they pivot to Rose talking about the time she was sexually assaulted by her veterinarian. Um, But Rita doesn't care about that. So she goes
0: home to make breakfast. um, Yeah, that was an awkward. (laughs) That was an awkward section where, you know, the doctor made her get naked because she had an ear infection. She says that
2: only three people have ever seen her naked. Yeah. Yeah. uh, The current doctor was what's his name again? George. George. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Her previous or her husband, Mm -hmm, Charlie. uh And then a veterinarian.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and apparently when she was with Not Miles, it must have been like through a sheet or something. I'm guessing Um, maybe shirt on. uh, Mormon style. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Or in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I guess it's going to turn the lights off completely, you know, here on this ship. If I
2: recall, they were wearing robes in that episode. So maybe just... Mm -hmm. Uh, Half robe, half robe sex. Mm -hmm.
0: Then the scene ends
1: with another one of Sophia's poop jokes. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. Just as a a side note, um, so we did watch, um, you know, Popeye, and we watched long enough for him to, like, row his boat ashore. Uh Um, Hallelujah. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And then throw his ditty bag out onto the deck. (laughs) Like, and I saw that. I was like, oh, it's Popeye's ditty bag. And I was all excited to be able to mention that, you know, when we did this thing, and then I forgot.
0: So, well, I, I did like that particular joke that you alluded to um, that that uh, Sophia said about because you know what was the character's name? Uh, Rita Moreno's. She plays Renee, but I call Renee. her Rita throughout oh, okay. this recap. Fair enough, but uh, Renee, had said you know how she was very reluctant to talk to her husband about mm-hmm. the uh, the she loneliness. She seemed
2: very scared to talk about. You
0: him. would think, yeah, you would think but, that, but
2: also sad because like she's like, well, he's doing all these good things. Yeah, who am I to inter- interfere with my husband's? Life.
0: He's yeah. doing a lot of good things, but he's also looking at Betty White naked. Right. So, you know,
1: he has some free time.
0: Well, <laughs> and, and we definitely see as the episode goes on that he has some extremely poor boundaries between home life and, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. work life. I mean, I get that he's dedicated to his craft, but he has, like, patients coming over to the house. Mm-hmm. You know, he... Uh, has him calling him on his personal phone. Yeah. I mean, there's There seems to be no filter between the patient and him, yeah. which would be an unhealthy... That would have been unhealthy the entire time. Seems like he would have been a barely-there father also. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, she does say that uh, Sophia's particular line, she says, Listen, last week I left him a stool sample. If I can talk to him about that, you can tell him you're lonely, um, which I thought was a, a good Sophia line. There wasn't a lot of great lines in this episode, but it was one that I enjoyed.
1: I also wonder, like, so what kind of doctor is just poking at our poop trying to figure out what's wrong well, with Well, he her? seems
0: to do everything. He takes care of <laughs> mental health as well as exactly. surgeries and yeah. all kind of general practitioner type stuff, too.
2: Now, when you said mental health, are you talking about uh, Chuck?
0: Yeah, Chuck is part of it, but he also has someone else That's calling. his brother in law, though. Why well, no? But he has someone calling him about mental health, a mental health problem as well. I don't remember that. He calls, somebody calls him because they're obese
1: and they're having problems with, like, food control issues or whatever, yeah. and somebody else who's elderly and urinated for the first time. Right. You know, and yeah, it's just, At
2: 97, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Rita Moreno's 88 now. Is she early? Yeah. Uh, we mentioned uh, somebody. 88's a
2: good year. It's a milestone, here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: what we mentioned that last episode. I was almost interjected. It's like, Rita Moreno's 88. But I want to get it. It makes sense now, though, see? Exactly. Right. Exactly. So yeah. any other comments for act one or scene one? Nothing that covers it. All right. So, Act Two, Scene One, read in George's living room, then their kitchen, then their living room again, then the kitchen again. Uh, so, George is on the phone when the doorbell rings. It's Chuck, the erstwhile Mr. Fix It. Uh, he comes inside and gives a bit of exposition of his, about his multiple personalities. Uh, Dr. George is clueless about whether medicine can fix him uh rita comes back from the goldens with a bag of groceries for george's breakfast Uh, she sends her brother who is safe to live on his own upstairs to play with an imaginary dog right Uh, (laughs) rita and george head to the kitchen so that george can deliver some medicinal
0: grade Dooley zingers about (laughs) shirley McLean. uh (laughs) medicinal grade (laughs) exactly i love paul Dooley, but uh (laughs) and i think in his first episode on the golden Uh girls he was gold um he he earned his uh mvp Uh votes for that episode This one, I don't know, I'm not saying that was his fault, but what he was given to work with was was a little... He did the best he could. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And I I guess we go ahead and mention now, um, like, if you go online and check out this episode, um, there's basically two schools of thought. You know, there's a group of people out there who feel that, you know, this is the all-time worst episode of the Golden Girls. Mm -hmm. And then there's another group out there who think that that first group is wrong. So
2: (laughs) (laughs) Those are definitely two groups. (laughs) You could probably say that about every episode of everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was just most episodes they have a much smaller group to think it's the worst episode ever (laughs) (laughs) but there's probably at least somebody
1: the ratio shifts on this one (laughs) (laughs) so so anywho yeah rita tells tries to tell george about the problems uh but george answers the phone and then they both answer the door uh rose and sophia want to know if chuck can get out of dodge so that mr Fixit can take care
0: of their dishwasher uh, apparently that roasting pan they put their loin of pork in isn't going to wash itself <laughs> right yeah and and, and sophia is definitely having a good time making fun of uh, george's mental illness exactly you know she talks about mental illness in sicily and you know like most things it's
1: gang related right
2: <laughs> yeah do we establish like clearly that uh Mr. Chuck is also Mr. Fixit. Yeah, and, but, and one other person too, right? Yeah, Bors, yes, but Bors. we don't get to meet him. Yeah, we right. don't get to see him.
1: They were saving him for the actual show. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and and they are well aware of one another. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I thought
0: that was. And an they interesting all make part.
2: comments about their mental status, or exactly. at least the two guys. Like, Which
1: yeah. it almost makes it seem like basically it's not so much a mental illness issue it's just that every once in a while he talks
0: with an accent <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> and can fix stuff yeah
0: yeah there's a lot of debate on how you know how real i think it would actually be called like disassociative personality disorder uh-huh. um you know or multiple personalities yeah. um i mean i know there are there is some documentation that definitely supports it and then others uh-huh. who think that not that it's not real but that it after I think, what is the movie? What all about Eve or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, that it was wildly over um, overstated how prevalent it was. That yeah. I think a lot of people were kind of faking it after that, mm-hmm. and you know, actually a pretty small number of people actually suffer from that ailment. Gotcha. But apparently, Chuck would be in that group. Yeah. So, do you ever see Nurse Betty? No, I never watched that. It's a really good movie.
1: Um, Like Renee Zellweger, she's hit and miss in my book, but she was solid in that. But Chris Rock and Morgan Freeman were amazingly good in that movie. Hmm. I really enjoyed both of them. It's
0: worth checking it out for those two. You make a lot of recommendations. Yeah, so. I do. Sorry. No, no, it's <laughs> fine. I, I feel bad, though, that I just am so unable to get to most of them. Yeah. <laughs> but you I'll think multiple
2: Have you guys ever seen The United States of Terror? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's a showtime. I think it's Showtime. Yeah. It's a really good show. I've watched most of the episodes. Like like most of the things that me and my wife watch together, I'm pretty sure she's seen all of them. Where I've seen, you know, eighty to ninety percent, maybe or less.
0: Well, I've made the comment before that with Nicole, when you know, like they have their weekly releases on Netflix, then those she's like, okay, I have a few more new ones to watch, and she's already finished all that's <laughs> currently out there. On right, it. a lot uh, of times. Anyway, you can go ahead and continue all that recap.
2: Okay, cool.
1: Anyway, so Mr. Fixit comes downstairs, gets mistaken for Chuck and Per Sophia. Hilarity ensues. Right. Uh, he tells them that he cannot rewire his brain, but they would be more than willing to ensure they don't have to wash another cheesecake pan by hand uh george and rita return to the kitchen rita explains she misses being a cancer merchant uh george is fine with her working outside of the home he just wants it to be an age-appropriate position in the entertainment business Uh, they discuss spending their final years drinking coffee together and then the phone rings george excuses himself um before taking three steps away to answer the telephone Mm -hmm. which i thought was just way too formal for people who've been married this long Mm.
0: So. so you think you should have just walked away without even saying a word yeah
1: well yeah i think so i mean like i I think it's obvious what he's going to do well yeah that's true (laughs) like if he would have walked past (laughs) and slammed the bathroom door (laughs) then maybe he should have said something but yeah so anywho uh so george ends his phone call with announcement that someone's sick rita's upset
0: because she thinks her and george finishing their coffee is more important so okay well so i mean obviously you know you glossed over a few things um she discusses i think that the part she talked about her being a cancer merchant yes. <laughs> was that when she was in the entertainment industry she was the legs in a dancing <laughs> box of cigarettes um and, and i did think that that was funny that i believe that uh, george is george is that his name in the episode <laughs> yeah. um that his response was you sold cigarettes you brought cancer to the people yeah because um, she cause, said she
2: brought happiness to right yeah, yeah so yeah. i think that's actually my favorite line of the movie the y- show
0: yeah, that was that was probably uh, Paul Dooley's best line of this particular. He has another episode. one at the
2: end that I thought was pretty solid, but yeah. I think this one was probably my favorite.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I think this was the part where uh, the guy calls about peeing as well. Was during yeah. this scene, yep. So, yep. yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I don't. Know. I don't have anything else to add for this particular scene. No, you
2: st- actually, I was going to say the th- same thing you said. So okay. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: so act three scene one George and Rita's living room Uh, so the Goldens are over and they're trying to convince Rita to go see Nightmare on Elm Street 4 Dream Master Uh, the Goldens lie to Rose and say that it's a standalone film even though it's a direct continuation of Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors Uh, George and Rita's daughter Jennifer returns home. She's been studying at Columbia, which explains her New York accent. Hmm. Uh, Because of the train station attached to the school, it's assumed she hopped on the first southbound
0: to Miami. Right. (laughs) Hopefully she didn't run into any circus uh, performers (laughs) on her way. Exactly. How could she not, Alan? Yeah, true. Exactly. Uh, Blanche then spends
1: 40 seconds telling Jenny that she needs to attend a college where the professors are not opposed to giving in to taboo lusts. The look on Dorothy's face indicates that she is having second thoughts for signing with Blanche instead of poor Professor Cooper back in a, <laughs> back in adult Poor education. Professor
0: Cooper. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I digress. Yeah, that, I, I do. Yeah, I Blanche do. Blanche's
2: definitely got off on a tangent there with her little like lusty.
0: I think you're bearing <laughs> the lead here. <laughs> I think you're bearing the lead that. That Brent is once again, I don't know, it's not even doubling down. It's like quadrupling down, quintupling down on his belief that (laughs) that the professor was in the right (laughs) when he was suggesting sex for grades. Um,
1: (laughs) I don't think he ever did
0: that. I think he alluded to it. No, Um, she was flirting with him. He flirted back. just yep. body talk <laughs> <laughs> and that's why brent is not allowed to be a teacher in the state of indiana <laughs> so, um, so, but uh yeah so it's all,
2: it's all different perspective i guess yeah. right
0: um yeah that was an awkward part in general though yeah. where she's you know, yeah blanche is essentially saying that she needs to go to a place where there are professors who I, she describes i guess her perfect older man scenario yeah. um <laughs>
2: I, I was really expecting the mom to step in and tell Blanche to shut up.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really well. And then I think that uh, Jenny, even at the end, is like, "Oh, where, where is the college? Where is, is this? the school?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the last thing that I want <laughs> for, for my daughter to experience when she goes off to college. Anyways, yeah, I don't think I have anything more to to add to this. I, I did. I was okay. curious. I know you're well versed like, on the Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. This yeah. movie series. Yeah. Do you have a particular favorite in that one? Uh no, um, I really don't. Do Do you love that series, or it's okay? Oh, okay. You know. So I, is it more out of posterity that you've seen all the iterations of it? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah.
1: Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. That's a uh, watch those. You know. Okay. So, um, I'm more of a Friday the Thirteenth guy. Oh, okay. But even those, like, fairly certain I've seen them all. They may have done a remake. I think I. Like when they did the remake, did they do a sequel to it as well a few years back? I feel like they did, yeah. I don't know that I saw that sequel, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the others. But yeah, it's just not hardcore about them,
0: whatever. So Ski was actually in a horror movie. Oh yeah, yeah, Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I've
2: never seen that. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm assuming that's a joke. That you are um, Angela.
0: Yeah, a- Angela. The the movie is about uh, the general movie. It's a yeah, you know, kind of a similar to a lot of other horror movies yeah. um, where it's uh, about a kid who got killed. Um, I believe got killed while there mm-hmm. and uh, more or less kind of came back. Or, or maybe the kid had been mercilessly bullied, mm-hmm. and then she ended up killing a bunch of people. And then we find out at the end she jumps out of the water, and little Angela has a penis. Um, <laughs> so apparently she was a boy <laughs> who was dressed by her mother as a girl, I think is yeah. what it alludes like to. That, yeah. Um, and uh so yeah that's it it was really odd when i watched that movie to see a penis jump out of the water i mean it wasn't just a penis obviously, but, uh, a a it shock. was a surprise to say the least yeah. and i feel like that the person who recommended that movie to me was brent <laughs> no no um, i the only time i've seen that was with you guys oh really yeah you had me watch it oh huh. i could have sworn that you were the one who I, I wonder i wonder where that one even got on my radar then from i don't know so anyways yeah. But, Do we have mm-hmm. time
2: for, like, a side uh, funny camp I, joke?
0: Rook, just as a side note,
1: the only time I think I've shown you a penis movie <laughs> was uh, my,
0: <laughs> was I
1: Spit on Your Grave, oh, where okay. she cuts off the dude's wiener. Oh,
0: okay. Awesome.
2: did you watch I Spit on Your Grave with your... Uh, your in-laws?
0: Yeah, I guess we did. Yeah, now that you I say what that, you tell me about it. Yeah, because her parents were like, oh, this is such a great horror movie from back in their day. And then you're watching, you're just like, so yeah, and it's not. I mean, it's like a rape porn type movie. It's terrible. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was a, uh, it, it was very uncomfortable <laughs> to watch that with my in-laws. <laughs> well, <laughs>
2: I don't think were you and Sherry even married back then.
0: Um, I'm not sure if we were. Or not. If we were. Then it was very freshly married, but we may have just been dating at the time, or engaged, perhaps. But gotcha. So, oh, yeah, anyways. But
2: real quick, mm-hmm. you were talking about uh, someone emerged from a lake and then camp. Mm-hmm. This is not detached, or it's detached from the scenario that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. But when my daughter was going to camp, uh, she'd go like a stay away, like resident camp type thing, and we sent her uh, letters back and forth for a week. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And one of the things I sent to her, I remember, was. A little drawing I made of like a sad-looking uh, girl, mm-hmm. and uh, it said something about <laughs> rest in peace. Like I forget the name of the girl I made up was, mm-hmm. like, and uh, basically the insinuation was that she had been drowned in the lake, <laughs> <laughs> and then like she was a ghost uh,
0: haunting the campsite. <laughs> yes. Now it's oh, very nice. Uh, hopefully that that made the last few nights of her.
2: Well, she knew I was joking, but yeah, it was did she? She did. Did she? Yeah.
0: <laughs> you think so. But, you know, there's some wet sheets there at the camp that might tell <laughs> me say story. otherwise.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I am um, I only went to summer camp one time. Um, so I guess two parts to the story. So, it was between like my 6th and 7th grade year, mm-hmm. and like I'd been for a few years I've been trying to get my parents to get me to like send me to summer camp. Cause you know, you see the movies and you're like, Oh, that'd be the greatest experience right, yeah. of my life, you know? And they just never would. Um, and so then I don't quite know how it happened. Um, but basically I, I was able to go to <laughs> summer camp for um, underprivileged youth. Um, cause like, I think I, they sent out something that's like, you know, Hey, poor kids, sign up if you want to go to free summer camp. And I was like, I do. (laughs) (laughs) So I signed up and then I got, you know, picked for the scholarship from like the Shriners or some shit like that. Um, And like, they call my parents and they're like, you know, congratulations, your son's been accepted to go to the underprivileged youth camp, and my mom's <laughs> like, he's not underprivileged, we're we're fine, <laughs> he's appropriately
0: privileged, <laughs> exactly. And he's white, like, yeah. and,
1: and they're like, well, there's not enough time to pick an alternate so he can go,
0: <laughs>
1: and so she was so furious with me that I, you know, I'd stolen a, you know, a, a spot from a legit poor kid, um, so like I get there and I was just miserable the entire time, like I'm I'm just way too introverted to be stuck in a cabin with you know a bunch of other kids or whatever right and so i remember they were all obviously like we're too old to play or whatever but young guns had just come out and so they were all out there talking about it or just shooting the shit about it and i was just i was just always, always in my bunk reading whenever there was free time i would go and read and, like, the camp counselor, who was probably maybe, like, a high school freshman or something like that, was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm, I'm reading. And he's like, well, why don't you go outside and talk to the other kids and hang out? And I was like, no, I'd just rather finish my book. And he's like what are you reading? And I was like, that is none of your concern or something. Along those <laughs> lines. And he got shitty with me and came at me. So I grabbed my book and fucking ran as fast as I could, you know, which is not very fast. And he caught me probably like eight steps outside the door and tackled me in front of the other kids. Wow. And like my book goes flying or whatever. And what I'd been reading was Priscilla Presley's autobiography, Elvis and me, <laughs> <laughs> as you know, sixth graders tend oh, to right, do. Yeah. <laughs> And he just looked at, just this look of fucking pity on his face. He just gave me back my
0: book and didn't
1: bother me for the last next two days.
2: Well, what the hell is he doing tackling a
0: freaking camper? Well, I mean, he's, you know, like Brent said, he's probably 15 yeah. years old well. Yeah, but there's got
2: to be an understanding that, you know, yeah. okay, we don't think physically he a, attack those campers.
0: I didn't get, show him the proper respect as mm. far as answering his questions. Apparently he
2: didn't deserve it. Yeah, yeah I hope he got tackled himself one yeah, day. Yeah,
0: still, though, that's sadder than Rose's story <laughs> from last episode. <laughs> that's a good book. Yeah, I don't know, like a 12-year-old boy or whatever you were, <laughs> 11, 10. I was a big Elvis fan.
1: I wanted to understand the man from all angles. Okay. <laughs> yes. um so, uh, so anyways, the Goldens then fill Jenny in on collectively 200 years of heartache. Uh, then we trade four Goldens for one Dooley, and I think that's about fair. So it gets resolved that Jenny and Rita will fly back to New York the next day. And then a 36-year-old Joe Asuzu walks in, gets some beer, and then, through no fault of his own, is evicted from George and Rita's living room. And Rita explains she's headed to New York with Jenny so she won't be alone. Uh, she asked George to prioritize what's important to him. So,
0: yeah, that... Uh, uh portrayal that particular character uh joe Asusu or joe leisure whatever his actual david leisure david leisure mm-hmm. yep. yeah um the actor oliver in the show i think yeah um he is just terrible like i mean it's for it's one, really annoying yeah yeah i mean it's awful and the fact too that he's like 30 i think he's 30 you say 36, 36 the time? yeah it? um i mean he seems like just uh a, a man destined to Die young, I think, <laughs> um, and to be <laughs> more by none. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, and he doesn't.
2: Just... At one point, like he was about to leave their house, <laughs> that he at no point asked to come into or not. Yeah, just walks yeah. in. Yeah, but he calls his mom from their phone. Yeah, and he hits a lot of buttons. I wonder yeah. if it was long distance. That
1: yeah, maybe. But, but they're, they're going to have dinner that night. So they he has was? to have dinner that night. Oh, you're right. So, he did.
2: So, yeah. But she she almost immediately shot, shoots him down. Yeah, and he was like, "Well, that was like three or four months ago." Well, yeah, well, that
0: was like after. Some offense. Yeah, that was after telling a story because oh, with with Dorothy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because she's like, "Why are you mad at me?" And she's like, "Dot." Yeah, dot, dot. Yeah, and she goes into, uh, "How about stopping by New Year's Eve with three naked women throwing up in the pool? Which where the hell is their pool at that we've yeah, never we seen before? Uh, yeah. Passing out in the punch bowl." And relieving yourself in the linen closet, and then that's when he's like, "Oh, Wouldn't that was six months ago." he drowned passing
2: out in a punch bowl?
0: Oh, well, you would think so. Maybe he passed out, but it flipped over. Yeah, um, I can see that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, he's living a, a hard and fast life for sure, <laughs> and he's a <laughs> yeah. total douchebag. And he's a test pilot,
2: um, so there. Right?
0: Yeah. Because um, yeah, I think he refers to planes being death traps, and since <laughs> he's a test pilot, he would know. But um, yeah. anyways, yeah, he's. Uh, we'll we'll kind of get into the fate of things after this is over, but yeah. um, after the recap, I do like yeah.
2: the fact that you know you mentioned uh, Joe Suzu right? Mm-hmm. At one point, uh, he talks about why would you want to mm-hmm. get married, or I wouldn't get married. So he says he wouldn't want someone to drive his car. Yeah, and I thought to myself, watching, like I bet he owns a Suzuki, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly
1: so yeah yeah act three scene two george and rita's kitchen uh, it's a week later uh, and george and joe isuzu come downstairs from the bedrooms into the kitchen george has his morning coffee and joe isuzu goes for a beer uh, the fridge is empty and he uses this as reason number one that george needs to get rita back and then the whole thing with dot and the story and everything right okay so, and then dot leaves and george announces he's going to new york and joe isuzu gives his mom a chance to oh sorry dinner. we yep.
2: jumped ahead of you no, you're
1: fine yep so, unfortunately, she and Dot have similar policies when it comes to forgiving and forgetting. Yeah. So.
0: Well, I mean, I would have to imagine that this guy has violated the public trust many times. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <so laughs> I'm sure it's been Just his general far more than three strikes at this point. Yeah, But uh, I did think it was odd that as he's looking for the multiple things they're out of in the refrigerator, uh-huh. one of the things that he mentions is peanut butter. Um, I don't think yeah. I've ever refrigerated my peanut butter. Um, I think some people do. We don't. But maybe they didn't have preservatives or something. I don't know. Yeah, I. P- perhaps certain, certain
2: types of peanut butter do have to go in the fridge, uh, but like like natural peanut butter, I've heard of. Yeah, it's good. It's like a lot of. Uh,
0: I don't think they were down with all that hoity-toity shit back not, in the eighties. No. Uh,
2: he was a doctor, Alan.
0: I mean, I think nat- <laughs> natural peanut butter is disgusting, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> I don't care how much healthier it is than regular peanut butter, but. <laughs> Any peanut butter I'm, that fucking separates on me and I have to stir up. Bugs me, you know, just the separation. Yeah. You know, because well, it's Well, then just even so once you get work. it together, it's still kind of got a little bit of a slide yeah, to yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Like a moist. It's never
0: truly crust. mixed.
1: Right, yeah. It's almost like you have to transfer a perfect amount to a smaller
0: dish and then yeah. mix it, beat it. Well, and then, because for a while, Sherry was eating that. And so, first off... You know, it's gross the entire time, in my opinion, but it's like after the first, I don't know, four or five times maybe when you get down to maybe half a jar, then what's, then what's left is extremely dry uh-huh. and there's nothing you can do because you've already used up because you can't stir the damn oil down low enough yeah. to get it fully, you know, stirred. So yeah, it's just horrible, horrible stuff. If you're into natural peanut butter, uh, you know, God bless you, but I don't want any of it. So It's <laughs> great.
1: So, yeah, it's Act 3, Scene 3, fanciest damn hotel room ever. (laughs) So uh, Rita hurriedly hangs up the telephone when George surprises her at the door. Uh, He storms in and claims that he wants to be with Rita and nobody else. He also admonishes her for opening the door without asking who is it, uh, which makes that yet another recurring theme for the Golden Girls. In Uh, New
2: York City, though.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So Rita says she was going to come slinking home to him. He should have just been patient with her. Uh, George announces that um, he's going to uh, start bringing more sickies into their home. He tells her that this fancy ass hotel room he is paying for is going to count as their second honeymoon. Uh, she tells him that she considers it their first honeymoon because apparently the original involved a three-way with another stiff, and so that one doesn't count. <laughs> we, we cut to three days later, and those two crazy kids are still in bed. Um, and then the
0: still-living Paul Dooley and Rita Moreno promised to never die, and so far they've kept their word. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. That is pretty impressive that <laughs> yeah. the two of them are still alive. You know, like you said, Rita eighty eight, and Paul Dooley is how old again? Uh, right around there. Okay, yeah. like so, eighty
1: nine, I think maybe. Like
0: that. Um. So yeah, they're, uh So just to real quickly, go. We had five guest stars in that episode, which it was, it was guest far star prominent. Yeah, well, I mean, because it wasn't really an episode of the Golden Girls, yeah, in all it was honesty. Yeah, definitely
2: a, a staging point for the other show.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Paul Dooley was George, two hundred forty seven. <laughs> Credits for him and his second and far inferior ooh, ooh. guest starring role on this. Um,
1: I think that, like,
0: <laughs> I don't know. We'll talk about it, I guess, when we talk about the other All right. Slices. Then Rita Moreno was Renee. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, she was an EGOT, uh, or is an EGOT. 409 credits for her. She's been in a million a things. things yeah. uh, David Leisure was Oliver, mm-hmm. um, who later becomes Charlie Dietz. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He, he had a, uh, 105 um, credits to his name. Uh, Jane Harvey I believe it is was Jenny only seven she was the only one out of the group that was relatively you know light on her her body of work and then Jeffrey Lewis played Chuck 243 titles for him so as far as the number I mean if you even want to call them guest stars I Uh guess the collective number of credits to their name has to far exceed, I would think anything oh, up to this point. And um, I'm a, I'm, I should have mentioned that I'm a
1: big Jeffrey Lewis fan. Okay. Huge, huge. Um, so, and recently I've started to find his daughter attractive as well. <laughs> um, for the longest time I didn't, but
0: I'm sure that he appreciates that. Yeah.
1: So, so um, do you ever see, um, I think one of my favorite Jeffrey Lewis is, um, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. I don't think so. Uh, it's a really solid. He was in a bunch of Clint Eastwood movies, but he was especially good in that one. He played his
0: brother in all those orangutan boxing ones. Oh, did he? Yeah. Um, was he schizophrenic in those as well? Or disassociative personality? I don't know. I think he was a monkey molester. Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he had something going on. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs>
3: exactly.
1: Um, so anyways, um yeah. Well, Check before those. we get
0: further in, I'll just go ahead and give a little in case anybody doesn't know, the history of this episode. So this episode was originally, it, it was basically supposed to be like a pilot mm-hmm. for um, for the show Empty Nest, mm-hmm. but it, it must have been received very poorly, yeah. which to me makes sense based on my opinion of the episode. Um, they still did release the show Empty Nest, but with an essentially completely different cast, except for David Leisure, who... Mm-hmm. I think it was a similar but definitely toned down character. Yeah. He was in, much more palatable. Yeah, in the series yeah, I'd say so. I mean, he was still like I believe if he I remember. He was annoying it, still, but yeah, I and mean, he was still like I think okay. uh, lecherous and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I just don't think that he was a, as obnoxious. Um, yeah, yeah. In this the series. Like, he was
2: by design uh, like he, an annoying type character. But this one was over the top,
0: right? Okay. Well, and then the actual series, which I wonder because you know she says at the end like just promise me you'll never die. Mm-hmm. The series itself was a father who whose wife had died, mm-hmm. um, played by a, Richard Mulligan. Yeah, Richard Mulligan, and they they used different names, but um, I think it was uh, the Watson family. Or he was like a different kind of doctor. Yeah, I think so. I think it was a pediatrician. I yeah. think it said, <laughs> um, but it, his wife had died, and then his daughters came back to live with them. I wonder what the I, it didn't say, but I don't know what the original intent was because I wonder if if it would have led into it if. She would, If that was still the case, if Paul Dooley was to be the star of the
1: mm-hmm. new
0: show with um, Rita Morena's character having died, or if it was just going to be right. them coping with their daughters having left. Correct.
1: I think it was just the two of them so, trying so to So they really the
0: completely redid the premise of the show, basically. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I
1: think, um, obviously, besides Jeffrey Lewis and introducing us to Boris and everything, mm-hmm. him and um, Oliver coming back, I'm sure that with him having his patients come to the house, then they would have more hilarity as oh, far as other sick people showing true. up.
0: You know? so, but it said, uh, Rita Moreno criticized the uh, pilot, um, calling it a very, very bad show, and explained that the, <laughs> uh, the script desperately needed rewrites, but that Susan Harris, mm-hmm. who was the creator of it and the writer, she was very sick the week of shooting it, and it was left to other writers to fix it. And uh, every day they kept changing my character to the extent that by the time we got to do it in front of an audience, I couldn't remember line one because the attitudes had changed so many times that the, that was the most embarrassing experience we must have done, I would guess, about 15 takes in front of an audience, and that uh, the series didn't go ahead as planned, but um, with extensive... You know, changes, changes yeah. yeah, did did premiere in '88 and was a very popular show during its time, I and mean, it was yeah. in like the top ten for the first several seasons. Yeah, so did it come
2: on right after Golden Girls? I
0: think so, and I believe they may have had crossovers with the actual show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think season four, oh, okay. Richard Mulligan starts popping up on Golden Girls. Okay, so yeah, so that'll be interesting to watch for. Like I said, I didn't watch it nearly as regularly, and again, this was still at a time when I, you know, had limited control mm-hmm. over the TV. Yeah. But I definitely remember seeing episodes of it and that it was, you know, a, a, mm-hmm. a good show. They I were, always enjoyed it. And they were both
2: shows my parents liked. I, so I, yeah. by default, if I, I was in the room, what was on? Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: Like I have no problem. I have no problem with the empty nest that we did eventually get. Mm-hmm. You know, I do kind of wish that this emptiness would have, you know, become a series just because then Paul Dooley would have got as
0: he got a little bit sooner. <laughs> now, see... I would be okay with the idea. Uh, I wish Paul Dooley would have gotten a chance. Yeah, that's the only thing I would say. Yeah. Um, like I would have been fine. I mean, I think that Richard Mulligan did a, a fine job. Yeah. Um, well, him and Susan Harris worked together on Soap. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's, that's probably right. why she. Yeah, that makes him. sense. Um, but uh, aside from that, so so I guess I don't know if we should get into MVPs or ratings yet. But I, I think you have some additional opinions on this episode that I'm curious about, or we can just go right into. MVPs and you can cover it with your rating. Yeah, I mean MVPs. Um, obviously Paul Dooley, uh, rating is eight slices. Oh my god! How many, what What's uh? <laughs> who, who is your MVP ski?
2: Uh, actually, um, I think Paul Dooley is probably my favorite too. Yeah. I like. I, I don't know that I liked all the writing, but I thought he delivered the best.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I kind thought of, his
2: delivery for some of the lines was the funniest. I'm
1: sorry, two things real quick. Um, but they did use the same house from yeah. T. Nest. You know? Yeah, I
0: did. I did see that. That was interesting. Yeah. Um, little extra yeah. tidbit. Everything. Almost everything else changed, but the house at least yeah. stayed the same.
1: But I think pilots are always a little bit rough, and I think that you know it had potential to be something special. I think just the pure talent of Paul Dooley. Plus, you know Rita Moreno's no hack, and neither's you know Jeffrey Lewis and Joe Leisure. Obviously, David Leisure obviously's got some talent. I think the four of them could have made something special out of it if they would have had a chance to
0: get their groove. Mm. Well, I will give my MVP award on this one to hmm. Dot. I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna give it to the man who needed to... the 87 or 97 year old man who peed. He gets my MVP for this episode.
2: Good for him, right?
0: Um. You know, you said there are those two categories. To hell with the categories. You obviously fall into one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, and who was your MVP? Ski? I forgot. Oh, you said Paul Paul Dooley. Dooley George. See, I fall into the other. Um, I thought this was (laughs) easily the worst episode of the Golden Girls so far, and Mm -hmm. I thought that as a, I'll grant that pilots do get off to rocky start sometime mm-hmm. but the show that they were making looked like garbage to me <laughs> um, so
1: see i think you've lost all credibility with me because you gave your mvp to the 97 year old man who peed uh-huh I think that if I were you and I was taking this contrarian position, <laughs> I would have given my MVP to Morris because he was the only one with the good sense not to show up. <laughs> ah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I guess... Mentioned, it, but not seen. Exactly. Well,
2: seen, but not seen specifically. Seen, is... but not heard.
0: <laughs> okay. I want to change my MVP vote. My MVP vote... This was on NBC, right? Correct. Okay. My MVP goes... Brandon Tartikoff, (laughs) yeah, he would have been the head of the yeah for Brandon Tartikoff for not picking up the show on this form um, and uh, (laughs) letting it go, you know, be rewritten extensively to create. No, I'm keeping it with the old man peeing. Yeah, Um, at least he's a part of the show. But uh, well, none of the girls were in much of the episode, and the parts they were in were not that great. The very
2: beginning, Um, which yeah, like you said, kind of paints a weird picture of like. Being lonely is important. Is is, is is a serious condition, right? Yeah, but they make it sound like you said a lot more serious than the the hey, I want some more attention, more yeah. time than it really was.
0: Well, and most of you know Sophia oftentimes is able to you know pull one out if it's kind of a light mm-hmm. episode for for the comedy, um, but I mean her main comedy was just making fun of the mentally ill, so that yeah. doesn't help much. Um, but yeah, I, I would give this so. So, Brent, you're giving it eight slices of cheesecake, your worst rating to date. Um, (laughs) So, Ski, how many slices of cheesecake would you give this one?
2: Like I said, I really did like Paul Dooley's delivery, and I actually liked uh, Renee's too. But uh, I'm going to go three and a half. I thought it was just a
1: sweet little episode. Like oh, I thought, the worst pile part, of garbage. I thought the worst parts <laughs> were actually them trying to shoehorn in the Goldens. Mm. Like I think that we needed fewer Golden Girls popping by. Th-
0: that's fine if we're talking about the pilot of a show, not the an episode in a different series. Um, I think as an episode of the Golden Girls, it earns it's a, not a
2: Golden Girl show. Yeah,
0: it gets a half slice for me because um, I won't. Half? Get, yeah, I'm not wow. going to give it a zero, but I, I think. You're- I had no issue saying that it was the worst episode to date. You're like, this is the Nicky Polo episode of the Gold yeah, Group. yeah, definitely. <laughs> um,
2: well, well, if I had gone with a solid four, the rating would be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. I don't know. I just, um, I, I've never felt up to this point. You know, here we are at the very end of season two. Even ones that were kind of weak episodes, mm-hmm. I never felt like it was a waste of my time having watched it. Yeah, and this one, I mean, I. I I enjoy our discussions, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll not say it's a, a complete waste of my time because it leads to us you know, yeah. having time together to yeah. record this episode, but uh, as far as the merits of watching the show itself, mm-hmm. it was 30 or 25 minutes of my life or whatever that I would like to have back. Mm. See, I think I'd revisit this episode. Mm, really? Yeah. Well... Uh, I mean, Just I guess... to think of what if.
1: You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know think of well, what could have been.
2: Now, yeah. I will tell you this. Uh, so, the, the show, the channel online that I watch the Gold Girl episodes uh-huh. with, yeah. it's called Daily Motion, if uh-huh. I haven't told you that before. Yeah. And uh, it does, like, uh, YouTube have a chance mm-hmm. to watch it at different speed settings. Yeah. And because, like, I had a real busy week, so all of my Gold Girl's time had to be dedicated today, right? Sure. So, what I did is I watched... Both episodes, you know, regular speed first, mm-hmm. and then I went ahead and did episode 26 again at two times the speed. Hmm. It's more entertaining at double the speed. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I could see that. I, I'll say, here's Everybody where it
2: talks like this, and then you have fun.
0: <laughs> I stand by my rating for the episode as, it's, as it was, mm-hmm. you know. Um, not thinking about, like, I would feel if I was rating it as a pilot for a new show, yeah, but just as an episode of the Golden Girls, you know, barely featuring the Golden Girls and what they did feature in mm-hmm. wasn't that good. Um, but I'll say this much The Office, the first season, of The Office, Michael is way too slimy, mm-hmm. um, and they adjust his character, mm-hmm. and then the rest of The Office yeah. is, is great. The first season of Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. Leslie is way too mm-hmm. losery, yeah, and they adjust that, and the rest of the series is great. Yeah. They could definitely have, after this pilot, adjusted Joe Suzu's character yeah. <laughs> and made him more likable. Yeah. Um, and the two, yeah, Rita Moreno and Paul Dooley are a solid pair of people. Yeah. They could have made a show that could have been a hit. Um, yeah. But, uh, like I said, if I'm rating it specifically on its merits as a Golden Girls episode, mm. I think it has to have, you know, a pretty pretty low rating in my mind. Yeah. So. Okay. Anyway, did you have any more you wanted to add to that one? Yes. Oh, okay. Go uh, for
1: it. Also, just just to make sure we don't end on a down note of wrongness, <laughs> um, we have episode five of uh, Florida Man.
0: Oh, great. Yeah.
1: So, so Florida oh, yeah. Man, May 16th. I'm excited okay. about this. Florida Man Kills Imaginary Friend.
0: <laughs> Very nice.
1: Okay. Um, police Arrest Man Who Claims Playing Basketball Naked at a Public Park Helps Him Develop His Skills. <laughs> And we have a strict, um, no, you know, harm towards women or children policy yeah. with regards to our Florida man headlines. Um, but I went with uh, Florida man slap sleeping girlfriend with cheeseburger. Um, <laughs> but because the best lines from the article, is that what he calls his de-
2: his junk? <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, So just two lines from the article, Um, I quote, authorities didn't find any injuries on the woman. Okay, that's good. They did, however, find her still covered in what was left of the burger. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second line, she declined medical attention and told authorities she didn't want Jones arrested. She only wanted the deputies to talk to him. Mm. So I kind of figure that's like not a feel good story. (laughs) No, but but it's like. Two people got into an argument. And he hit her with a cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, she was sleeping. So yeah. there's. <laughs> but um, I do think it's funny though that she. I would be interested to see what led up to the police being involved because, at least I have to imagine. Okay, she's at
2: somebody. She, at some point, someone had to call the cops.
0: Oh yeah, so she's taking a nap. Boyfriend comes over, whacks her with this cheeseburger for some previous transgression. Uh-huh. Um, you know, something that he was angry about. Still, yeah. then she calls the cops. Um, or somebody calls the cops. Yeah. She sits there with the ketchup and mustard or whatnot on her face. Exactly. And it's like I got to leave this here as evidence. <laughs> so I'm not exactly. wiping this off until the cops get here and they can catalog it. Exactly. Um, then, then yeah, I guess decides okay. Well, I don't want him to go to the station for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, exactly. But yeah, I just Maybe think she's
2: playing the long game, and she just wanted this uh, event to be logged in the uh, in the books. Oh, just so that she's like, like he's going to put it in some serious jail time later when I. Reported for something
0: serious. Well, yeah, or maybe she's planning to divorce him, or something like. Well, not divorce. Maybe there's some other, you know, things that she needs documentation of his erratic behavior. Yeah, that's
2: what I was saying. Yeah.
0: So
1: I would like to think that he hit her with a White Castle, Uh. and so like there's the indentation of five holes.
0: (laughs) Five holes, just a few, (laughs) uh, maybe a a few onions. onions, Exactly. Um, Exactly. I don't know though. I think if. If you're hitting someone with the White Castle hard enough to leave indentations, <laughs> then well, that
2: should be jail time.
0: Yeah, probably. So, I mean, those uh, things are so soggy. That oh, I, all, that's true. <laughs> It'd have to be a frozen one from your local <laughs> grocer's case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I imagine that'd be one that would like smack your face and then slowly slide down, <laughs> or off just of it. stick
2: entirely for a uh, few yeah. seconds.
0: But anyways, so do we have anything, uh, anything more for this episode, gentlemen?
2: I, I don't, don't believe I have anything.
0: Okay. Well, uh, we're concluding here the last uh, regular episode of Season 2, and definitely tune in next week. Like I said, we'll be doing our recap and naming what the best episodes for Season 2 are that uh, we'll kind of continue on as we work towards finding the best episode of the entire series. So until next week, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch you can email us at sophia's choice podcast at gmail.com you can also reach us on twitter at sophia's choice pc we plan to have a new episode out every monday if you have a moment give us a rating on itunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded and of course stay golden